Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on October the 20th, 2011. For newcomers, you should go into the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com and make good use of it. There's hundreds of audios to download where hopefully you'll begin to understand the big picture of the system that truly runs the world and how you've all been fooled and, and basically trained from childbirth onwards to believe that you live in some kind of uh, democracy or republic or whatever they've happened to have given you. But uh, to show you really that you're living in a global society run by a few uh, with a very big plan, of course, uh, right down to creating a, a brand new world, a brand new system, even eventually brand new people, uh, the kind that will serve them better. And neuroscientists are heavily at work at that right now, trying to make that uh, a possibility. They're not too far off, actually. Anyway, find out how it's all come about, how the, the, the culture literally from about the 50s onwards has been utterly turned upside down on its head, uh, not by happenstance, not to make people freer, but to actually enslave them into a new system where government is uh, at the top of the tree, families are out the picture, and there's no one to stand up for you when government comes to talk to you. That's part of the idea. Well said that back in the 20s. Eventually, there'd be no one to stand around the individual when the government wants to speak to them or order them around or whatever. And we're, we're there now. Most folk don't mind. They don't mind having no privacy. They quite enjoy their, life, their lives, actually. And they really are anything but sentient. They're out of the picture altogether. And uh, the few who do understand, unfortunately, are suffering because they're watching uh, the coup de grace being, being put on the world right now, in fact, uh, even all around them as we speak. So help yourself to the audios, and remember to all the sites listed on cuttingthroughthematrix.com website have transcripts for print-up as well, and in English, and if you want them in other languages, go into alanwattsentinel.eu, and you'll find a variety to choose from there for print-up. Remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you. You can help me keep going by purchasing the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com, and it tells you on the page this is how to do it right there. From the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can use a personal check, and you can still use an international postal money order from the U.S. to Canada. Uh, you can send cash, or you can also use PayPal to order. you find out how to do it, see, on the com site. And across the rest of the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again. Remember, straight donations are also very, very welcome because, uh, as we all know, we're, we're going through inflation and it's not going to stop right now. Actually, it's going to get a lot, a lot worse. It's planned to get a lot worse as time goes on, as they take us all down in the so-called first world countries because our time has passed. We've, we've served our masters well. We've helped conquer the world for them. We're finishing off the last few countries right now, in fact, supplying the manpower, the taxes to pay for it all, uh, and, and bombing anyone who's not standardized into the global system of uh, World Bank, central bank system. So we're, we're all, we've almost completed our task. There's only two or three countries left to go, and we're already ready to start on the next one after finishing off Libya. 
So uh, we've all to plummet downwards as uh, the, the, the countries we've helped finance to come up actually rise above us and uh, using our tax money, of course. Uh, because, you see, we really serve collectively a few at the top who are already international, always have been international, and uh, they always make their plans well in advance. Uh, they even train generations as to what to think, what to believe, what to play at, what trends are going to rattle through their heads all day. And now it's all to do, like little birds we're going to twitter about today. They give you everything, all lots of trivia, lots of mystique and mystery to keep you entertained as you lose everything. And we'll talk about that when we come back from this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, we're cutting through the matrix and just talking about how all the first world countries uh, are going down now by design, at the right time of course, and how we've already financed the third world countries up to a a higher standard and and we're still paying actually uh, the emerging nations as they call them to come up to a higher standard. We're pumping our tax money into them. Lots of the companies that are investing in those countries get tax subsidies from our governments uh, if they will invest in these up-and-coming ones like Brazil, etc. And that's the World Trade Organization's agenda. You see, uh, all your politicians at the top, all your presidents, prime ministers signed that deal a long time ago, and that's how we help to bring China up to the top as well and eventually um, just move lock, stock and barrel all the factories, etc., that used to be in the States, Canada, and elsewhere, over to China. Well, we're doing the same thing with Brazil, India, and other countries now. And people will think, well, why would your politicians do that to your own people? Well, maybe they don't see themselves as belonging to you in the first place. Maybe they see themselves belonging to an elite club, which they actually do. They're, they belong to the Council on Foreign Relations, for one thing. There's other ones, too. And... Um, they believe in this world society that the, the founders strive for from the very beginning to take over all natural resources of the entire world, to bring in a new type of society, a planned society, ordered society under an authoritarian type system. And that's what we're, uh, we're going into today. That's what really all those crowds that are yelling for a global government, uh, the Wall Street do's. Um, are actually all about. They're actually pushing for communism, they think, and um, it's to do with global government for the, for the people at the top. And people, it's great to, to control the masses. They always do what you want them to do, and, and uh, they're, they're funded by the big uh, bankers themselves, so whether they like to, to know that or not, it happens to be a fact. You can trace the, the founders and the funders of all the big NGOs. Very, very rich people indeed. And uh, uh, communism or socialism uh, in its true form uh, is a better way to run the world because it's very authoritarian. The, in fact, the United Nations has said the, the China is a model state for the world to follow because everything comes under the government of China. It's still a, a, technically a communist government. And uh, all businesses must go through China, all banking must go through China's government. So the government's all powerful and everybody obeys. Believe you me, they truly obey over, over there. Uh, and the people really are like a mass people in China. 
Um, they have put on these massive displays that all the communist countries do with the dancing and so on. And you see thousands of them all moving, like seeing enemies and all that kind of stuff. Same as North Korea. And, um, and that's what they, that turns a lot of psychopaths on when you see millions of people all, all working like part of a, a giant's, uh, puzzle, a jigsaw puzzle all working together, uh, it turns them on for that, that feeling of power. Anyway, that's what's happening. Now, Athens, of course, and, and Greece is, as Greece is going down the tubes as it's meant to do. And, um, the, now they've passed what I call the pauper bill to meet them to put them into complete pauperism. Uh, it says that the Greek lawmakers have passed a deeply resented austerity bill that has that's what pauperism, as you see, given austerity, that has led to violent protests on the streets of Athens, despite some dissent from one socialist lawmaker. The new measure includes pay and staff cuts in the civil service, as well as pension cuts and tax hikes for all Greeks, and the bill passed by a majority vote in the 300-member parliament. So uh, they're really uh, g- going to get it, you know. I mean, they're meant to go down. And no one's told us where all these billions of dollars have gone or, or euros and pounds because we're told nothing. You understand that in this wonderful system? We're told nothing except we must all be uh, responsible for paying off uh, the cash that our government's borrowed to throw at this big black hole in space, you know. Uh, this thing that sucks everything through it and has got nothing to show for it. But someone's got the cash. The cash is going somewhere, but supposedly it's just not helping to keep Greece afloat. So they're telling us. So simplistic, isn't it, this wonderful science of economics? Former Labour Minister Luca Cazzelli voted against one article that scales back collective Labour bargaining rights. So there would be no bargaining rights at all. She voted in favour of the overall bill, but Prime Minister George Papandreou expelled her from the party's parliamentary group. The move whittles down his parliamentary majority to 153. So they've got demonstrations going over and protests, and there's people out there with helmets and gas masks and all the rest of it. Uh, even a little tip for folk in the future when things get bad. You, you smear your face with malox to protect them for you from, from tear gas on your skin. So uh, it, it's quite something, uh, as I say, as we watch one country go down, and it's only shades of things to come, because if you cannot see the writing on the wall uh, under the guise of terrorism, what's happening in the States especially, it's nothing to do with terrorism, unless they eventually classify the fact that folk riot in the States when they're starving as terrorism, which of course they will. And uh, that's the beauty of the word terrorism. It's not a thing as such. It's not a country. It's not an enemy. It's a, it's a condition. Uh, and uh, it's, a, it's really the expression of a condition, uh, And uh, especially when it comes down to poverty and, and starvation. So we're seeing this happening in Greece, and it's shades of things to follow. Now, FEMA, uh, FEMA we, know, we know darn well we've got so all these amazing emergencies uh, going on in the States right now and need thousands and thousands of people working at TSA and FEMA and God knows how many other ad hoc agencies that are armed to the teeth like any other military. FEMA plans first ever nationwide emergency alert system test. It says on November the 9th, the Federal Communications Commission and the Federal Emergency Management Agency will conduct the first, first ever nationwide test of the emergency alert system at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, a test that will last for approximately three minutes. Uh, the EAS is a system designed to transmit emergency. It's quite interesting that 2 a.m. a minute 60 seconds, you're at 6660. The EAS is a system designed to transmit emergency alerts and warnings to the public at the national, state, local levels. ES participants broadcast alerts and warnings regarding severe weather, child abductions, and other types of emergencies. This is nationwide, though. 
and uh, they transmit over radio and television broadcast stations, cable networks, and media services. They can actually cut into your internet too, apparently. So they'll be on television stations and so on and so on and so on. And people that haven't heard about it will freak out, no doubt, and be calling and jamming all the lines to see what's happening. Now, it's interesting that Tennessee is a good example of what's happening in the States. Tennessee, the, the company's big company called the Electrified Truck Terminal files for bankruptcy after $400,000 stimulus injection. You wonder sometimes if they get these grants given to them with the intention of just going bankrupt afterwards. See? There's so many of them happen, it's happening to now. It says, just months after obtaining more than $400,000 in federal stimulus funds, TR Auto Truck Plaza of Interstate 40 sits idle. The Tennessee Department of Transportation handed out 424000 Environmental Protection Agency stimulus grant for electrical hookups so that truckers wouldn't have to burn diesel fuel while resting. Both the state and EPA were apparently unaware that owner Rick Lewis had a history of legal and financial problems and had filed for bankruptcy. What do you mean? These are the people who watch everything we are doing, you know, literally you and I. But they didn't know before they gave him the grant they had a history of legal and financial problems and had filed for bankruptcy. Who's kidding who? What was originally lauded as Tennessee's first electrified truck terminal is now boarded up. It says it is Solyndra in miniature, said Representative Phil uh, Gingrey, uh, referring to a Silicon Valley solar panel manufacturer that filed for a bankruptcy shortly after receiving $535 million loan guarantee from the U.S. Department of Energy. What I'm requesting is the vetting and oversight of the judiciary, judiciary responsibility that the federal government, the people who run these programs, have to weed the taxpayer. Well, uh, come on, there's more to it than this. Me? But it says, even before his, his latest bankruptcy filing, Lewis had a history of financial troubles. He filed for bankruptcy in 2003, a year after conviction on 31 counts of theft. <laughs> and Lewis, he's the sort of guy they want at the top, you know, they should put him up higher. And Lewis currently faces indictments for uh, allegedly writing worthless tri- checks according to court records. Uh, Lewis declined Fox News' request for an interview. Uh, and the Tennessee transportation official says the Dandridge case is unusual, but it's prompted them to improve screening of grant applications. What screening? Eh? What screen? I think it's all done in the lodge down there. And that's how it's screened. Anyway, here's what they do when, they, when, they, when a place is going downhill. You, you see this happening down through history. They turn out all the troops and everything else and make work projects for TSA or FEMA or whoever it happens to be. And that's what they do when, when there's things that are going to, to, to the dogs, basically. Uh, financially, as his um, Portland, Tennessee. You're probably got used to seeing TSA's signature blue uniforms at the airport, but now the agents are hitting the interstates to fight terrorism. You know, it's everywhere. You've seen the terrorist drivers everywhere, haven't you? With visible intermodal prevention and response. They love these names. Eh? They get marketing companies to make them up for them and pay big bucks for it, too. Thousands of bucks to come up with that. You know, uh, visible intermodal prevention and response called vipers. It's close to viper, you see. They like these names like vipers and snakes and things. Where's a terrorist more apt to be found? Not these days on an airplane. More likely on the interstate, said Tennessee Department of Safety and Homeland Security Commissioner Bill Gibbons. These are make work projects, you understand. They've got so many guys hired now. Nothing happens. And, and you make work for them, make work projects. There's, there's nothing else happening in the States, it seems. You know, it's just make work projects. It's probably the only growing business there is, is anti-terrorism. 
Tuesday, Tennessee was first to deploy Viper simultaneously at five way stations and two bus stations across the state. Agents are recruiting truck drivers like Rudy Gonzalez into the first observer highway security program to say something if they see something. Not only truck drivers but cars, everybody should be aware of what's going on on the road, said Gonzalez. It's all meant to urge every driver to call authorities if they see something suspicious. Isn't that a bit overkill? Don't you think so? eh? Somebody sees something somewhere, and we want them to be responsible. Citizens report that and let us work it through our processes and I bet the concern that they had when they saw something suspicious. I <laughs> said, Paul Arms, I can see this guy's had, 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 you know, coaching and how to speak. A TSA Federal Security Director for Nashville International Airport. The Tennessee Highway Patrol checked trucks with drug and bomb sniffing dogs during random inspections. Uh, back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, watching these, these big demonstrations that get formed, uh, that often start with legitimate reasons. Uh, you, you see how they, they're overtaken so quickly, but actually they're used from the very beginning by the groups that eventually uh, get the headlines and take it over and demand their world communistic system for the big bankers to rule over them because that's how it really works out in the end. But Al Gore and this clique at the top two of the U.S., and every country's got its clique, they're all authorized to be there by the World Society. And um, Al Gore, of course, has he's got his company too, all set up to, to trade in carbon credits and so on, and make a lot of money off it, this big new casino, much like the stock market where they trade a, a bunch of nothings. Uh, they're given for free by the government, by your tax money. But anyway, Al Gore's, this is an article that came out in 2007 about how the, the hypocrisy and how much they're liars, these guys. But no, some of us know that they're just natural liars. That's why they're there. And Al Gore was definitely coached by Armand Hammer, who was a top communist, who was also a multimillionaire. And people forget that. They always think of communists as kind of guys with ragged shirts, you know, all living together and, 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 and spouting uh, Bolshevism, basically. But no, the, no, the real communists are, have suits and ties and they live in big mansions and they're multimillionaires. Anyway, and if not when they start, they are when they finish. But anyway, Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth, this was 2007, his utility bill for his electricity is $30,000, right? That came out then. It says, back home in Tennessee, safely ensconced in his suburban Nashville home, Vice President Al Gore is no doubt basking in the Oscar awarded to An Inconvenient Truth, the documentary he inspired and in which he starred by a local free market think tank is trying to make that very home emblematic of what it deems Al Gore environmental hypocrisy. Armed with Gore's utility bills for the past two years, Tennessee Center for Policy Research charged Monday that the gas and the electric bills for the former vice president's 20-room house you know, and pool house devoured nearly 221,000 kilowatt hours in 2006, more than 20 times the national average of 10,656 kilowatt hours. Actually, he's got three homes now, actually. If this were any other person with a $30,000 a year in utility bills, I wouldn't care to the center's 27-year-old president, Drew Johnson, but he tells other people how to live, and he's not following his own rules. Well, that's the, the billionaire's type of communism, you see. You know, you'll soon get a, a lick of it shortly. 
scoffed a, a former Gore advisor in response. I think that what you're seeing here is the last gasp of the global warming skeptics. They've completely lost the debate on the issue, so now they're just attacking their most effective opponent. This is, this is their, their comeback. They probably paid a fortune to get this guy to see this. Kelly Crider, spokesman for the Goras, did not dispute the centre's figures, taken as they were from public records, but she pointed out that both Alan Tipper Gore work out at, at, of their home, and she argues that the bottom line is every family has a different carbon footprint. Well, there certainly is. It's like the abominable snowman. It's just massively huge. And then this other article here, too, is um, back in 2006. It's from USA Today. And it says, Gore, is, Gore isn't quite as green as he's led the world to believe. It says, Al Gore has spoken, the world must embrace a carbon-neutral lifestyle. To do otherwise, he says, will result in a cataclysmic catastrophe. Humanity is sitting on a ticking time bomb, warns the website for his film, an inconvenient spoof. Uh, we have just ten years to avert a major catastrophe that could send our entire planet in a tailspin. Ooh, wow, ooh, that's like science fiction movies, isn't it? Graciously, Gore tells consumers how to change their lives to curb their carbon-gobbling ways. Switch to compact fluorescent light bulbs. Use a clothesline to wash your clothes and dry them. Uh, drive a hybrid. Use a renewable energy. Dramatically cut back on consumption. Better still, responsible global citizens can follow Gore's example because, as he really points out in his speeches, he lives a carbon-neutral lifestyle. But if Al Gore is the world's role model for ecology, the planet is doomed. For someone who says the sky is falling, he does very little. He says he recycles and drives a hybrid. I bet he doesn't even know what a garbage bin is. You know, the sediments are everything. And he claims he uses renewable energy credits to offset the pollution he produces when using a private jet to promote his film. In reality, Paramount Classics, the film's distributor, pays for this. Public records reveal that as Gore lectures Americans in excessive consumption, he and his wife Tipper live in two properties, a 10,000-square-foot, 20-room, 8-bathroom home in Nashville and a 4,000-square-foot home in Arlington, Virginia. He also has a third home in Carthage, Tennessee. For someone rallying the planet to pursue a path of extreme personal sacrifice, Gore requires little from himself. Then is the troubling matter of his energy use. In the Washington, D.C. area, utility companies offer wind energy as an alternative to traditional energy. In Nashville, similar programs exist. Utility customers must simply pay a few extra pennies per kilowatt hour, and they can continue living their carbon-neutral lifestyles, knowing that they are supporting wind energy. Plenty of businesses and institutions have signed up. Even the Bush administration is using green energy for some federal office buildings, as are thousands of area residents. But according to public records, there's no evidence that Gore has signed up to use green energy in either of his large residences. When contacted Wednesday, Gore's office confirmed as much, but said that Gore's were looking into making the switch at both homes. Talk about inconvenient truths. And he's not alone. Democratic National Committee Chairman Howard Dean has said global warming is happening and it threatens our very existence. The DNC website applauds the fact that Gore has tried to move people to act. Yet, astoundingly, Gore's persuasive powers have failed to convince his own party. The DNC has not signed up to pay an additional two pennies a kilowatt hour to go green. For that matter, neither has the Republican National Committee. It's only for the little people at the bottom, you understand, because it's nothing to do with it. It's nothing to do with what you think. It never is. It never is what you think it's all about. It's for a different purpose. Now, again, talking about the big, uh, well-planned October Revolution uh, to protest all the Wall Street and so on, I'll touch on uh, what happened about that and the real stuff behind it when I come back from this break.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. I'll, I'll put up a, a link to a video too where you, you'll hear the technique of the human microphone used again and this video they've made to bring in world democracy. And it's really for world government, of course. It's really for world communist government, for those who don't quite get it. Because that's what it's about, you see. The big bankers and those who've made the plans for the whole future want a form of socialist, communist type system. Big government, you see. Lots of agencies uh, micromanaging every person uh, under, the, under their thumb, basically. And that's the system we're all to go into. And some countries are already going into it much more deeper than others already. Anyway, it's called United for Global Democracy. And remember, the human microphone, again, was, uh, you know, understand the psychologists are behind this too, how they use these little terms and techniques. Because uh, lots of people who attended the demonstrations at Wall Street and, and the other big banks, uh, for good purpose, well, good, well-meaning purposes, it's, we're so sick of watching, which the big boys know, uh, them ripping us off and, um, and then your own government's borrowing money from the, the international bankers that hold all the bonds and buy them. And um, this, this circle of, of debt uh, and mounting debt uh, to, to pay off private private businesses uh, that literally were scamming everybody. Uh, and uh, so lots of them were, were there for honest reasons. You understand if you've studied the, the history of mobs, and there's actually books about the history of mobs and how they're used by, and for political purposes. Uh, by the ones who played the chess games, you understand, who jump in at the end, grab the limelight, and push the real agenda. Because see, all, they always want numbers. They always want numbers, and, and they push networking. And uh, even if you don't know you're networking with them, you actually are at the end when they jump over your head, get the limelights, get all the media attention, and they, they demand world government under the United Nations, which is pure communistic, you see, run by the bankers. The UN literally is, is in partnership with a lot of big uh, private uh, moneylenders and, and big banks across the world, big international corporations. But it's to be communist, communism for the general public, you understand. So I'll put this link up, uh, United for Global Democracy. And what they do, too, using this technique of the human microphone, the one person does his speaking, and everyone repeats the, the sentence they just said. So even if you were there from a different group protesting the basics uh, uh, of the corruption to do with banks, etc., now you're actually parroting what this dominant group wants you to parrot. And when you say it, you see... Uh, it's like it's coming from your own mouth. It starts to, to you, you start to forget that you you didn't make this up, you know, yourself. Someone's doing this for you. It becomes yours. So their manifesto becomes your manifesto. It's quite simple psychological stuff, old stuff actually, but it's, it works very well. There's always someone screwing with your mind, always, always in this day and age. Now the Council on Foreign Relations, which is the the big think tank that advises government. They have a lot of their members in government. In fact, all your presidents are members of them, always have been since its foundation. And uh, in Britain, it's the Royal Institute of International Affairs, they call it there, because they can use the word royal there. You see, they can't use it in America just yet. But uh, they call it Council on Foreign Relations, and they also have the Council on Foreign Relations group for uh, the whole of the European parliamentary system as well. So they run the world. They have them in every country in the, in the planet. And they put prime ministers and all the top-notch guys in and all top bureaucrats in in every 
country in the world, and, and it's, they, there's never a break where they're not there. They're always in there. Every doesn't matter left wing, right wing, uh, they're always there. And that's what uh, Professor Carl Quigley said to who he should know since he was a historian for the group. Private organization, remember, always remember it's a private organization, and, and yet they lead uh, the governments and, and what to do, the direction that they go in. And it's all leaders at the top. This is the Obama administration's, uh, char- uh, this is from their own website, uh, charges that the Iranian paramilitary force plotted the assassination of the Saudi ambassador to the United States have prompted denials and counter charges from the Iranian regime. While Foreign Minister Ali Akbar Salehi has said the government is ready to investigate U.S. claims, admission of official guilt is seen as unlikely. Uh, well, they, they don't have, it's, it's absolute nonsense. Never, even the CFR made that last week themselves. It was a nonsensical uh, idea. But before that, they did all already printed up the fact that the U.S. was going to rally all the governments in the world to get behind them to attack Iran. I'll put that one up as well. So stressing the gravity of the accusations, the U.S. officials are pressing Iran on multiple fronts. Washington is hoping to use assassination plot to build international momentum to isolate Iran and put pressure on the regime to rethink its controversial nuclear program, which may include new sanctions. The Obama administration is reportedly urging the UN nuclear watchdog to release new classified intelligence information in its quarterly report next month to show Iran is pursuing nuclear weapons capability. Iran repeatedly claims its nuclear programs for peaceful purposes only. Iran also came under fire for its widespread human rights abuses, including the use of torture and secret executions, according to a new United Nations report. Well, the UN, remember, was set up by uh, the CFR and the Royal Institute of International Affairs. They created it for world government, by the way. <laughs> All you have to do now is demand it become world government, and it is, eh? Yeah, I wonder if people really get it. I wonder if they really get it. And uh, it's interesting, too, that Gaddafi, I remember when Gaddafi at uh, the United Nations early in this year, uh, read their own charter and said that they were supposed to leave every member, and he was a member, and his uh, parliament was ele- a member, he was elected government, you remember, um, said they were supposed to leave their own countries to deal with their own internal affairs, and that included uprisings and so on. So, But it doesn't matter, they broke their own laws in this case, you see, because these guys at the top are lawless, actually. The case of the alleged terror plot was submitted to Saudi Arabia's request to the UN Security Council, but it's not clear when, what action Saudi Arabia or the United States will seek from the body. US President Barack Obama has vowed to apply the toughest sanctions and continue to mobilize the international community to isolate Iran. Don't you, like, don't you just get that fed up? What, what is the international community? You understand words mean an awful lot because they can sway the way that you perceive things without actually thinking critically through anything. It's like saying Britain has imposed. Well, what is Britain? Is it talking about the corporate Britain? Because that's, that is a corporation. The British people are never asked what they want to do. Or they'll say, uh, France has decided. France? What is it again? The corporation? Or the people of France? Well, what is the international community? Have you ever belonged to? Have you ever applied to belong to? Uh, what is it? Hmm? But it's, it's all psychological. The average person reading this stuff will say, oh, the whole world's all for this. I guess everybody in the whole world is all for this. You understand how you're conned and lied to all the time? Uh, U.S. Under Secretary of Treasury for Terrorism and Financial Intelligence, David, David S. Cohen, told the Senate Banking Committee that the United States was considering the possibility of sanctioning Iran's central banks. I mean, stealing their money uh, because they, they did the same thing, of course, with Libya and other countries that they've gone into two and invaded. They, they just steal all the money. 
Uh, we never get told who gets it either. Anyway, it's just like the old pirate days. You know, Queen Elizabeth I, with Francis Drake and, and, and all the rest of them, uh, used to go out and, and plunder the Spanish galleons coming back who'd plundered South America. And they'd, they'd just uh, uh, fill it up with gold bullion, etc., and bring it back to the Queen, and then they'd all get knighted and stuff, and they were favourites for a while. And when she went in the half, she'd throw you in the tower for a little while to cool off, and then she'd bring you back, and you were all gracious, etc., and thankful. But anyway, nothing has really changed since those days. It's just you would be a better, you know, pirate. Washington has already designated five people, including four senior officers of the, the Kurds Force in relation with the terrorism plot, plus sanctioned a major Iranian commercial airline for supporting IRGC and Kurds Force. In solidarity, the UK, I guess the UK now is part of the international community, so it's one corporation, it's just a part of an amalgamation of corporations, also froze the assets of the five men. So far, Russia and China, veto-wielding members of the Security Council, have reacted cautiously to the US allegations. So this is from the CFR's own thing, just hyping up the fact that they're going to... You see, understand, this is the same list they're going through. All they need now is, is, is feeble excuses to do it all. Uh, the, the, the same list as the New American Century crew drew up and published back in the 90s. And, and the Bush crowd followed. And Obama's just continuing the same list of countries to take out and to plunder and, and dominate. And Kissinger and all the rest of them years ago wrote you know, about what they'd like to do with those countries. Keep them, once, once they take them over, destroy the infrastructure, destroy the system, destroy the culture, and get all different factions to fight each other in perpetuity. So they'll go on forever, just, just never agreeing on anything and never getting back up on their feet again. So in other words, they're in chaos. They're, they're neutralized. So all this rubbish right now is, is just that, as rubbish as they try and, and give some feeble excuse. So it's their own, and mind you, the CFR's historians are generally the historians write all the books. They end up in schools and in the big bookstores with the official history. So their feeble excuses become the official history, and that's how it's really always been, by the way. For Even Winston Churchill complained about that and, and during World War II. Because he was out the loop in one point with a group that was running the system. That was the Royal Institute of International Affairs, which they called the Milner Group at that time. And, and he didn't know that they'd already been writing the history books for all the children for a generation. The same guys who, who had started off the Boer War and, and blamed the Dutch for it. <laughs> but uh, nothing changes. You see, this is their policy. This is their technique. Hasn't you? Why, why change it when it works every time? So anyway, I'll put this up tonight too, and you can have a, a little gander at that. And uh, it's interesting with Hillary too, uh, she's a member, of course, of the Council on Foreign Relations, and you'll see her giving a little talk at the CFR, at one of their branches, where she admits, you know, uh, and thanks them for all their advice she gives to the State Department. Their advice is orders, you understand. You know. That's what it is. You can't go against them. I mean, when they, when they order you to do something, you've got to do it. These are the guys who put you in. Hillary is also the one, too, mind you, wanting to Gaddafi dead, eh? You know, I want him dead. You know. What a wonderful country, eh? That's the perception people abroad see them. And you talk about the ugly American. Well, I call her Hillary now. She wants them all dead. I call her Hillary Clinton. And uh, that's, that's the ugly American. That's the epitome of, of the ugly American. Yeah. Now, so also an article here. It's... Um, from the New Scientist, revealed the capitalist network that runs the world. 
uh, there's been a couple of studies done to try to find out connections between the ultra, the ultra, the, the, the mag, now corporations, the big ones, uh, to see how they network together and, and the shareholders who have cross shares, etc. And this article is about that. It says, um, an analysis of the relationship between 43,000 transnational corporations has identified a relatively small group of companies, mainly banks, uh, the big bankers, again, international bankers, with disproportionate power over the global economy. The study's assumptions have attracted some criticism for complex systems analysis, uh, analysis con- conducted by the new scientists say it is a unique effort to st- untangle control in the global economy. Pushing the analysis further, they say, could help to identify ways of making global capitalism more stable. How that would be the day. They don't want it stable. The idea is that a few bankers control a large chunk of the global economy might not seem like news to New York's Occupy Wall Street movement and protesters elsewhere. But the study by a trio of complex systems theorists at the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in Zurich is the first to go beyond ideology to empirically identify such a network of power. It combines the mathematics long used to model natural systems with comprehensive corporate data to map ownership amongst the world's transnational corporations, the TNCs. Reality is so complex we must move away from dogma, whereas conspiracy theories are free markets, says James Gladfelder. The analysis be, our analysis is reality-based. Previous studies have found that a few TNCs own large chunks of the world's economy, but they included only a limited number of companies and omitted indirect ownerships, so could not say how this affected the global economy, where it made it more stable, for instance, or less stable. The Zurich team can... From Orbis 2007, a database listing 37 million companies and investors worldwide, they pulled out all the 43,060 TNCs and the share ownerships linking them. Then they constructed a model of which companies controlled others through shareholding networks coupled with each company's operating revenues to map the structure of economic power. The work to be published in that's PLO's PLOS 1, revealed a core of 1,318 companies with interlocking ownerships. Each of the 1,318 had ties to two or more other companies, and on average they were connected to 20. What's more, although they represent 20% of the global operating revenues, uh, the, the 1,318 apparently to collectively own through their shares the majority of the world's large blue chip and manufacturing firms, the real economy representing a further 60% of global revenues. When the team further untangled the web of ownership, found much of it tracked back to a super entity of 147, even more tightly knit companies. All of uh, their ownership was held by other members of the super entity that controlled 40% of the total wealth in the network. In effect, less than 1% of the companies were able to control 40% of the entire network, said Gladfelder. Most were financial institutions. The top 20 included Barclays Bank, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company, and the Goldman Sachs Group. All the companies that were bailed out with, with billions and probably trillions of bucks own these other companies or have the, or, or have the controlling shares in them. This is John Driffel of the University of London. A macroeconomics expert says the value of the analysis is not just to see if a small number of people controls the global economy, but rather its insights into economic stability. Concentration of power is not good or bad in itself, said the Zurich team, but the course tight interconnections could be. As the world ended in 2008, such networks are unstable. If one company suffers distress, said Gladfelder, this propagates. It's disconcerting to see how connected things really are, agrees George Sugihara of the Scripps Institution of Oceanography in La Jolla, California.
a complex system expert who has advised Deutsche Bank. Uh, Yanir Bar-Yam, here of the New England Complex Systems Institute, warns that the analysis assumes ownership equates to control, which is not always true. Most companies' shares are held by fund managers who may or may not control what the companies they partly own actually do. The impact of this on the system's behavior, he says, requires more analysis. But you'll find these guys all know each other very, very well. And it could even be that these guys are all picked by one company to go in and be the heads of these other companies as, as, as managers, basically. And it will be like that, too. Because, you see, the world doesn't run on some strange dice, as they'd like you to think, with the stock market just up and down like a yo-yo, and are we going to sink today, are we going to float today, etc., etc. It's all rigged. It's like a casino. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie. It's called Casino. And it's quite a long one. It's quite well done, too. And it shows you all the tricks and cons of how the casino always wins and that the house always wins and why it always wins. And uh, there's nothing missed. There's just simply nothing missed in the system at all. So I'll put that out tonight as well. And from the Associated Press, this is um, here's an article here. For all those who are wanting the world to go green, etc., all the front groups are paid by the big foundations and the Soros groups and all the other big people who are who are paying their, their leaders for sure, large salaries and pension plans and big offices and lavish lifestyles for little tin cup rattling NGOs. Anyway, it says uh, large investors representing more than $20 trillion or $40.62 trillion euros in assets urged governments Wednesday to sign a building treaty on carbon emissions at the UN climate talks in South Africa in December. Now, why would they do that? Back with more after this. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix and just showing you how the big corporations who are going to trade their carbon credits uh, as a new economy, basically, uh, are really pushing for all the, the carbon emissions testing, etc., and, and fines and fees and yada yada. Why would they be doing it? Well, this is a group of 285 investors say only legally enforceable carbon limits can spur the level of investment needed to keep temperatures from rising further. The group includes three major investor networks in the U.S., Europe, Australia, and New Zealand. Stephanie Pfeiffer, uh, executive director of the London-based International Investors Group on Climate Change. You see, you even have an International Investors Group on Climate Change. Eh? You know, they're in it for charity reasons, aren't they? Eh? Said that raising enough capital to meet climate change goals will only be possible when low-carbon investments are seen as attractive relative to higher-carbon investments. The group inc- includes HSBC Investments, BBC Pension Trust, uh, Her- Hermes BNP, Paribas, Saracen and Partners, and many other of the largest pension funds and asset managers in Europe, with assets of around $10 trillion. Investors, which also include Investors Network on Climate Risk, say overall uh, capital flows to address climate change remain well below $500 billion uh, a year. uh, that the Paris based International Energy Agency says it's needed to keep temperatures from rising more. Can you actually believe that? They actually say there's an actual level of cash that'll keep temperatures from rising more than two degrees Celsius. What, what rubbish, eh? But then again, all money is rubbish, isn't it? All the chronology is to do with the money and investing and all the rest of it. 
So anyway, uh, that's the threshold beyond which nations have agreed that serious damage from climate change uh, would be expected. So it's all to do with cash. There's a cash level. Beyond that cash level, you see it would be serious damage to climate change. It's astonishing, isn't it? Boston-based uh, INCR included. Can you imagine this is all put out there as actual fact, eh? And people sit straight face on television and talk about it as it's all real. Eh? Includes BlackRock, Douch Asset Management, and public pension funds in California, Florida, and New York, and collectively managing about $10 trillion in assets. They also want a multi-billion dollar green climate fund and clear short, medium, and long-term goals established for cutting carbon dioxide, methane, and other major industrial gases that trap heat in the atmosphere like a greenhouse. I mean, it doesn't go out in space, of course. It's a new, it's a new, uh, it's a new idea that they've got about that. Mindy Lubber, uh, director of INCR and president of Boston-based investment network centers, called the statement a plea to the U.S. and other governments to give businesses and policies or the policies they need to complete, compete in a global economy with a low-carbon future so they can reap an awful lot of cash, obviously. Hard to believe we're saying this, isn't it? It's like the king has no clothes or, or, or a big official meeting of, of yesteryear scientists that sat and discussed him and the angels could dance in the head of a pin. Yeah. Straight faces too. But then the greed's dripping out the corners of their mouths, isn't it? When you think about all the cash they're going to rake in from, from the schmucks at the bottom. That's <laughs> going to pay it for it all. And also in the US, because everything's up for sale, of course, foreigners at Sweetener, if you buy a house, you can get a visa. And it says a ruling housing market has come to this to shore it up. Two senators are preparing to introduce a bipartisan bill Thursday that would give residents visas to foreigners who spend at least $500,000 to buy houses in the U.S. I wonder if you can get a down payment on one. Maybe they give you a grant if you're a foreigner, eh? So I th- things are really going down the tubes, and that's how it's supposed to go. And, uh, uh, you know, we've had a good run for our money. We've helped to conquer the world for others to rule. And... Um, we're, we'll now go into the same state eventually as Greece. And uh, that's agenda, folks. Yeah, that's austerity and that's your world communism. And the only thing you'll have for to work at are government employee jobs where you can lord over the rest of the peasants if you're lucky. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, where it's poured for days and days and days, and the beavers love it. It's good night, me or God or your gods go with you. Remember to... Support me and my website, see how to buy the books and contribute through donations to keep me floating, so to speak, as I get swept away. See you tomorrow.